Hey, Gavin. Hey, Louis. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, all the things. We are festive oh, in the season. We certainly, yeah, that's me. I'm I'm very festive all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all your power is drained away. Like after Halloween hits, you just become weaker and weaker. <sighs> that's true. That's I look look how gray I am. Look how I fucking know. gray I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for the Patreon exclusive girlies who can see how gray Gavin is. <laughs> hey everyone, this is the Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or a mini genre, and we take two weeks, we watch as much as we can, do a ton of research, and then we give you a history and we tell you what we like and what we don't like. The reviews are mixed. That's oh, the whole point, girlies. Very um, mixed. I don't want to hear any clapbacks about people saying that um, we said some negative Nancy things because it's baked into the concept of the show. Okay, there <laughs> there are going to be some negatives. That's girls. true. We we started this in 2017. So mm-hmm. I almost said 2007. We started this in um, 1917, uh-huh. and our first yeah. podcast came out on the Victrola. Yes. Our, I, I miss the old days. Ugh. Yeah. Our sponsor was, in fact, Edison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were great. They were great before they got canceled. Yeah. Um, Gavin, it is our last regular episode of the year. I'm gonna miss uh, you. <laughs> I know, babe. I re- <laughs> and because I'm because I'm leaving this mortal plane, I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, I'll remember. <laughs> what is Vitamin that C song? graduation song? Oh, I was like graduation yeah. from what? <laughs> I don't know from from existence from, <laughs> from life. existence physical what if form. They played graduation at funerals. What a weird <laughs> fucking thing. My and, God! And now for Pop Pop's favorite song, <laughs> "Graduation" by Vitamin C. Oh, love Pop Pop. Um, okay, do we have old business we want to get to? We uh, you do. Know? We do have old business. Real quick, uh, just to talk about what we began last week's episode with uh, our sort of heavy-handed uh, area in which we talked about homophobia and the state of the United States and how scary it is. We've received a lot of really positive comments. Uh, We got a really nice email from our listener, Vincent, who has written in before and, and really lovely and a lot of supportive things that have been said uh, to us about, you know, what we said. So um, great. Thanks. That's, that's, and, and we're happy to have, you know, you guys listening to this and, and all that. We just want to say thank you. And we hear you. Um, and you hear us, and we're just a family full of listeners. Uh, so thank you, truly. <laughs> I'm creeped out by that. <laughs> we're just a family full of listeners. Just like Santa, we're listening. <laughs> I know. I don't like this anymore. You don't like that? Oh, you don't like that? <laughs> um, before we get into this episode, uh, we need to wrap up just like a present. Our last episode, which was all about Don Cheadle. That made a lot of sense and was funny, Gavin. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it, babe. I love I love that we were like, we don't really have a Christmas theme this year. No. And, but we don't. you're still you're still rolling it in. You're still I, rolling it out like a Christmas cookie dough. Thank you. I said I just watched the Rockettes. I'm in the spirit. I'm vibing, okay? I saw you doing those high kicks. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> I'm my very kicks, impressed. Very high. Very high. 
Um, that's on the OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> we asked you guys to go online to our Twitter and vote for your favorite Don Cheadle movie. And the results are in. Uh, tied for last place, surprisingly, is The Guard. And um, I just called it like it's like his War Machine era. Things. Yeah. Um, so all War Machines. Uh, that was tied for 19%. Um, and second place was Talk to Me, which was Gavin's pick at 23%. And honestly, love Talk to Me. Excellent choice. Um, and then first place is Hotel Rwanda with 38%. I don't think it's a surprise. Um, no. I'm surprised that. War Machine fell after a strong start. It fell so far down. Yeah, but, I, w- I was a little shocked that Talk to Me made second place, but I'm glad people have seen it, and I hope yeah. it. I hope more people see it. Honestly, and same for Hotel Rwanda. I mean, these are great movies that you know deserve to to be seen by people. And John Cheadle is one of our best working act. I mean, I truly yeah. believe that, yeah. especially after spending those two weeks with him, like see his stuff and don't yep. just think of him as like that guy that pops up in things, you know, cause yeah. he is so much more than that. Yeah. Um, our previous guest, Mitchell Bupre, um, uh, mentioned Devin, a blue dress was their favorite. I, I um, love that movie too. Yeah. So excellent yeah. choice. We had a couple of people writing in about boogie nights and they had someone writing in about miles ahead, which is incorrect, but that's fine. Uh, Th- thanks for playing. But thank you so much <laughs> for uh, replying with that. Um, and thank you to Don Cheadle. That was a very lovely uh, two-ish weeks of watching. Um, truly a pleasure to go down um, his filmography. But we are moving on. And me and Gavin, you know, at the end of last week's episode, we were like, "What? how can we really, you know end the year with a bang how can we really you know we were we were pouring over some ideas you know there's a lot of films coming out for uh you know award season so there was a lot to choose from but we said you know what you know what we haven't done in a while and that we really like doing let's go back yeah back 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 again um and we we closed our eyes we we mm -hmm. did the professor x Yes. Ride, time travel yes. thing. Yes. We're in the days of future past. And uh, we landed on none other than Miss Marilyn Monroe. Um, who who else, you know, I feel like when you talk about Hollywood fucking legends, yeah. uh, it, there's, it's hard to beat. She's she, hard to beat. She's unlike anybody. I was thinking about this. She's unlike anybody we've, we've done on this show before because... Even if you, you know, we talk about these icons, these idols, when we did Cary Grant, when we did um, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, when we did Joan, uh, Joan Crawford, these, the they're icons, they're, they're legends. But the yeah. thing about Marilyn Monroe is she is sort of the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows who Marilyn Monroe is. Marilyn Monroe's image is still used to sell products. Like mm-hmm. this is a woman who died very early in her mm-hmm. life and still, you know, this is we're 60 years later almost or or yeah, almost a full 60 years later after her death and and we still people talk about her there's a documentary that just came out on netflix like it's she's an obsession she truly is like 
more than like are you talking at, about blonde starring at Armas? No, no there's like the lot <laughs> the lost marilyn monroe tapes or whatever i don't know i didn't watch it i uh i set a, a rule for myself for this episode uh which i didn't tell you about but that's one of the name of the game we d- we try not to talk to each other about our subject so we <laughs> We're bring tricky little fuckers <laughs> <laughs> we we bring fresh perspectives yeah and uh, my rule was because when we first i was like oh there's all these like tv movies and i was like yeah i don't want to watch a movie about her life i don't right, want right. i don't want to watch like i'll read i'll like listen to things i'll find interviews i was like but i'm not interested in a dramatization of her life because she was so picked apart mm-hmm. by every, everybody like literally every everybody wanted to have a say about her i mean that's like you know tony curtis who is in some like it hot with her uh used her death to to claim that he had an affair with her and there's like no proof of this so it's just like right. you really sort of have to pick and choose your like who you believe and and right and so and but all this is to say like she's really fascinating because she is sort of in the mind's eye i think i it's so dumb but i keep thinking of like you know the craft in, in the craft mm. when they're like um you know if if god and the devil were to play a football game mino is the football field that they would play their football game and that's what marilyn monroe is to every other star that hollywood has ever produced she is the base point yeah. and and you know celebrity I, I, it's fascinating. It's so, yeah. it was so strange to spend these two weeks with, with Marilyn Monroe. Right. And, and like, I've seen a bunch of these films, but like to really dive in, you know, it's so much more, so much more than Smash on NBC. I mean, I was going to say, I only watched Smash. Um, <laughs> you were and, like, let me be your star. Uh-huh, they keep moving <laughs> the line, but I'm running right along with it. Uh, no, but yeah, I mean, she, is the blueprint for so many starlets we have today. I am disturbed by how much I thought about Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. I am not, I wouldn't say I'm like fans of either of those women, but like, I certainly do think that they have been to hell and back with what they have given up for the celebrity that they're trying to chase. I I, I don't think there's really a comparison in terms of acting level. No, Um, no, 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 no. But, I kept thinking, I kept going back to the Lindsay Lohan of it all as well, mm-hmm. too. And mm-hmm. it's that sort of, you know, the, the right after we did the Lindsay Lohan episode, there was the the, the anniversary of the Bimbo Summit, yes. which was Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, and Lindsay Lohan, like, getting At a shot cab or over and over in, by a paparazzi, like... Yeah, and they were, like, like in a, a limo or something. Like, right, and, right. And, and like people ran with it and that was the the new york post headline i think and it's that same sort of tactic that was used against marilyn monroe when she was alive that she you know she was thought to be dumb and and like totally just underappreciated because she was beautiful and and so she couldn't possibly have had a thought in her head you know it's interesting um, that people associate, um, if you happen to have blonde hair, you know, naturally mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not naturally, however, um, or if you're not out of shape in some way, mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely dumb. I mean, you're considered dumb. 
I don't know why that is. It's very, I think it's a very limited view. And it doesn't matter what the person, mm -hmm. uh, what they look like, what color hair they have. Nonsense. Or if they uh, happen not to be out of shape. I mean, my time's to come. Gravity catches up with all of us. <laughs> I will say I listened to a podcast that I'm not going to name because it was kind of sensational. And like, I thought I was like, I can hear exactly what you're trying to do. And yeah. like, the, well, that's uh, exactly what I mean is it's a real, you really, really have to, cause even that final life magazine interview, you know, it like, you can tell the, 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 the editors. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to come at a journalist, even though that journalist is probably dead at this point too, <laughs> but like they had a point of view. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what they were willing that's what they wanted to sell regardless of what the truth was. And we'll never know the truth. And like yeah. I I also want that to be, you know, Very clear. We're not, yeah, we're not like, oh, the mixed reviews, we know the full story. <laughs> we do, we do not. But we're going to yeah. give you the story as we know it. Yeah, I mean there's so much conjecture, conflama, like I swear to god this fucking podcast was like did robert kennedy kill marilyn monroe oh I'm i don't so know we're just bringing that. that up i don't know maybe was <laughs> it the mafia was it was it dean martin <laughs> perhaps like we're I, just uh, asking questions like literally is the moon made of cheese yeah. who can never be sure but i would like to focus on you know obviously we can't talk about her without talking about some of the scandal and like you know that stuff but i want a majority of this to be about her on the screen, her yeah. celebrity, and all those good things. Um, because she was so much more than the fucking, like, mystery of how she died. Right. And she was uh, she was also a smart businesswoman, especially towards the end of her life. You know, that's a lot of stuff that people don't talk about. She, we basically wouldn't have independent film without her. She started her own production company at a time in which everything was the studio system. Because she didn't want to, and it's funny because we, you know, we talked about that in our Cary Grant episode about him leaving the studio system was a huge deal. But like, she literally was like, "No, I'm, I'm going to start making movies that I want to be in." Yeah, she said, "Fuck you guys, I'm out of here." Um, okay, with all that being said, why don't we jump into our rewind? Marilyn Monroe was born Norma Jean Mortensen. Um, I think maybe people know that she was Norma Jean. Um, yeah. But her... Most people have seen the Ashley Judd, Mira Servino, Norma Jean and Marilyn HBO original movie Norma, from the yes. early, from the early yeah. 2000s. Um, they also know Britney Jean, famously Britney Spears. Um, it's all connected. Do, <laughs> do, they, Summit. do you yes. know Diane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was born June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles. Um, she had what can only be described as a turbulent and tragic childhood. The identity of her father was never confirmed. Um, her mom had a good idea of who it was, um, but never confirmed, never, you know. And on top of that, mother suffered um, from... Lots of mental illness type stuff um, and really Marilyn, you know, she was basically moved around to like a million fucking different foster homes. Yeah. You know, she was in and out of the system. And I refused to go into the orphan home. I mean, I, I said I saw the orphan I could read at 10 
orphan, and I put my feet down on the sidewalk, and they had to drag me, and I said, I'm not an orphan. And so um, I I thought, well, she's dead somewhere, and, and then later uh, some people said, uh, uh, well, it's better you forget about your mother. I said, but where is my mother? And I said, well, it's better you forget about her. She's dead. So I was told that. So whatever invented, I don't know what they mean by it. It was all kind of vague. You know, I couldn't find out anything for sure. Her mom barely saw her, like on the weekends sometimes. Um, she just didn't know why she couldn't be with her mom. But mom was checked into hospitals, you know, Um is really uh, tragic and sad. Though you know, Marilyn had said you know when she was a baby, she remembers being happy, and you know she did have some good times back then. And foster families were always taking advantage of having kids. Just they're being paid to have kids, and they would just have a million fucking kids. And she remembers going to the movies when she could. So I was taken there in the morning. I'd wait till the movie opened for ten cents. I would go in, sit in the first row. And I watched all kinds of movies, like Cleopatra with Claudia Colbert. That I remembered very well. I'd sit there, and I'd see it over and over and over and over again. Till late at night. Um, I was supposed to come out at dark, but of course I didn't know when it was dark. Just before dark. Because with their conscience, they didn't want me to come, you know at night but i never knew when it was dark besides it was much nicer there she'd come home and reenact movies and she would get on the bed and feel tall and you know and and she i don't think she ever wanted i mean i don't think she knew she wanted to be an actress it is kind of like she she loved being other people her mom was um diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia yeah. And that's in fucking 1934 so like who the fuck knows if that really was right ex- exactly that's that's the thing is like yeah, that's it's so tough. Her mother was also kind of in the industry. She was like industry adjacent. She worked as a film cutter, you know, so like there were ties to that. But like you right. mentioned, the, the, it was really the movies that did it for Marilyn. And th- there's so many stories about, you know, like when she was a kid, Cary Grant was her one of her favorite movie stars. Right. And or when she was in the orphanage during the time periods that she was left in orphanages, she would sleep with a picture of Clark Gable underneath her pillow because she would imagine him as, as her, her father. father. Yeah. Um, and these are men that she would go on to work with in films. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, yeah. So she was in an orphanage for a little while. And then for whatever reason, the orphanage decided she'd be better off with a family or in a family environment. So Thus, I, I mean, I, I do think it was like 16 or 17 different foster homes. Yeah. Um, like it, it, it was it was a lot. She ends up getting married when she's 16 years old. Um, jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I don't think a lot of people know that she was married before her two famous marriages. At the time of her like rising fame, it was one of the things that people used against her. They're like, right. oh, she's this hick who got right. married when she was a kid. Right. Exactly. They were like, who the fuck is this, you know, dumb bitch but like i think in the the mythos of her you think of 
Arthur Miller and Joe DiMaggio. Oh, and like, absolutely. You know, but, and what's funny is there's fucking interviews with um, this guy, James Doherty. He was basically like a neighbor. California child protection laws prevented um, who her family was from moving her out of the state. And so she was, they were like, well, if, if you're fucking moving, we're going to throw her back in the orphanage. And they're like, LOL, what if our t- our neighbor's 21-year-old son marries her? Yeah. And so they get married and there's interviews of him who's like, he he sounds kind of just like a loser kind of guy. Like, really, she has said, you know, they were just such a big mismatch. He was so boring. She was like, absolutely not. But interviews with him, he's like, she never should have been a working woman. She right. needed to be a stay-at-home wife and mom. I was a good husband to her. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, bro. She, like she, It's like really rough stuff really dark material uh we didn't even mention um and this is a trigger warning that she was uh, (gasps) oh my god i forgot i mean i did forget but yes she was sexually assaulted as a child and she was already shy to begin with and this led her to developing a stutter first time was at the orphanage and then later in my teens i stuttered it just i don't know it uh how it happened. I just stuttered. Yeah, and like not to to hit the nail on the head, like she was before she was a teenager, she was, you know, being sexually assaulted and raped by these men and these families who were supposed to be taking care of her. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so there was like from a very early age this darkness and sexual the sexualization of of her too so she was getting it you know from such a young age uh, like this idea that you know her i I don't know quite how to put the word her power yes everything is connected to sex and right um no kid especially should be fucking put through right Um, And and we're going to end up having, I mean, we have to talk about sexuality when it comes to Marilyn Monroe. Like, you have to. Um, We're going to talk more about that later. But, like, this is, I mean, it's it's something to keep in mind when you think about, I don't know. It's, It's... frustrating to, like, listen to the way she was treated. Yeah. And, and, like, we, I, just as a society, it'd be better if we, like, treated people like people and kind of just realized mm-hmm. that like everybody's yeah. a person right. I, I don't i don't want you listening to this to be like wow like one of literally one of the most famous people in the world and you expect us to be sad for her but like i don't know take a deep breath and consider that she was like a real life human being she had blood flowing through her veins she breathed air like yeah. she was she was a human yeah and i think like you know life handed her a shitty fucking deck and you know there are people who go through the foster system and, you know, live full accomplished lives who don't experience horrible things. Um, there are people who do experience horrible things and still live, you know, fulfilled, accomplished lives. Uh, and Marilyn certainly did have an accomplished life. Um, was it full? No, because she was dead at 36. Um, but, you know, I, it certainly was a, um, a big, I mean, a, a big part of her her childhood, which is fucking, it's fucking sucks. Like no one should have to go to that. Um, to make it clear, also she dropped out of high school to become a housewife. Like she, 
she was with this fucking guy, James Doherty, um, for a little while, um, though she says she was dying of boredom during the marriage. Um, <laughs> so she moved to uh, Santa, Santa Catalina Island um, because he was a, a, a merchant marine. Um, this is 1944. Um, she... Goes to work because the war is starting and she works in a factory where they're like making fucking like plane parts and shit. Like it's very Rosie the Riveter vibes. Um, And just like I love the story. It's so casual. It's very like what? Um, There is a photographer who is sent by the army, the Air Force, um, to take pictures of the girls. And and, because they're going to, you know... um, Lighten the mood of, of the yeah. boys. Essentially, they're like, they want to send out pin-up postcards and yeah. to send them to the troops. Like, and- look at the girls who are supporting the troops by building the planes and shit. And he is like, excuse me, you are so gorgeous. Like, <laughs> we need to get you. Like, why are you not a model? Um, also, Miss Marilyn is brunette honey she is yes. not a natural blonde i know okay that, i mean obviously the image of her is like bleach bleach blonde and like yeah. it was never it was never a natural blonde but it is funny to think about like oh yeah no she was she was not a blonde Fully. yeah that is not honey the bottle blonde begins here <laughs> and it begins and ends okay um in 1945 she says fuck off to her husband who has been deployed and she moves out on her own and she signs a contract with the modeling agency. Um, and they were like, Oh, you are our pinup girly. And she, I think very quickly be- is like on 40 different magazine covers. And yeah. she is the va va voom hunty. <laughs> um, to become this is also the era when she's like, Oh, I'll, I'll sell more if I straighten my hair and, bleach it and so that um the persona of marilyn monroe is slowly being made i mean and and yeah and and it's not like an overnight thing like this is this is a she's still norma jean right now right she's still norma jean but she has um the magnetism the charisma that clearly this fun photographer saw um and then the brains are starting to like fire when she's like, oh, well, people love fucking blondes and, you know, straight hair. Through her modeling, she decides to do a couple like test the waters in the acting world. Um, she goes to Paramount Pictures and has a <laughs> shitty interview. They're like, no, 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 no. Um, she does a screen test with Ben Line over at 20th Century Fox. And they were like, eh. Um, it was very lukewarm. But they didn't want um, RKO to sign her. So they just like kind of signed her to so they wouldn't get her. Yeah. A six month contract back then, which was, you know, we've talked about the studio system before. But just to reiterate, Hollywood in this era was run by studios and you would get signed to a studio and they would control your fate. So a six month contract, she could easily not been cast in anything that she she was just on retainer and no other film studio could use her during that time period. Right. And so they... Lion, he's like, okay, well, we do need to change the name because Norma Jean is too <laughs> country bumpkin. Like Gavin mentioned, everyone was like, who is this hillbilly girl who got married and like literally dropped out of high school? Like, 
loser. Um, and so he picks the name Marilyn um, after Broadway star Marilyn Miller, and she chooses Monroe, which was her mom's maiden name. Thus, Marilyn Monroe was born. Um, she officially gets divorced in 1946 um, from this guy who was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Working women? Working? <laughs> I don't <laughs> <What>? think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so for those six months, she's literally just like dance lessons, vocal lessons, acting lessons. Acting she is, lessons. Yeah. She is putting in the work to become like an actress. Um, she has a little bit parts here and there. Um, I didn't see any of these. I don't know if you did, Gavin. Dangerous Years. I didn't. Uh, I found an interview where she talked about Scudder Who, Scudder Hey. In a picture called Scudder Who, Scudder Hey, I had one word to say. I said, hello. But it went fast. In fact, they cut it out. <laughs> so you know, these are things that we passed over in the interest of time. Um, but, you know, she's enrolled in the Actors Laboratory Theater. Um and that's where she says she says that was my first taste of what real acting was like. And she was really enthusiastic, but all of her teachers were like, no. They thought she was too shy, too yeah. demure. It, it's, yeah. in, it's interesting because acting is go, like her working on acting is a huge through line in, out throughout her career. Like she truly believed that she needed to study and continue and she had acting coaches on the sets of almost all of her films and and it's interesting because and i hadn't put this together until just this moment it was just a but like she is a working class woman she starts from a working class she got a job at you know she dropped out of high school got a job got married like she thought i like this is work. A job. This a job. is a job. It's a yeah. job, and I'm going to become the best at it that I can be. It's fascinating. I did. I. I. I don't know yeah. why I never thought about that. Before. Well, it's fascinating because also she, what, she ends up becoming the uh, face of everything working class is not. You know. Yes. One hundred percent. And 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 uh, hated hated by women. That was a. Uh, there was a, a. So I I did read from this really great book. It's a very famous book called Heavenly Bodies: Film Stars and society mm. um and the first third of this book is all about marilyn monroe's body essentially uh, but like from an analytical sort of like the impact she had on society and, and you know, there were studies done that even though marilyn monroe was often in these movies that were like she's a girl she falls in love with a guy like there's a musical component these were not films for women right no, they no, no. Absolutely were not. Women did not see the value of like because she was so not what the average woman looked like. Right. That that she had become unknowable yeah. for most women. Yeah. And so these were films for men. Yeah. Even though they were what we consider nowadays like Ooh, and obviously mu- movie musicals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, like, you know, gender it's all it's broad it's all, generalizations yeah broad generalizations exactly like uh but like th- these were movies that men went and saw because even though she's singing a number about how diamonds are a girl's best friend she's also shaking her tuchus it's like, yeah it's it's a fantasy um so fox does not renew her contract six months go by and they're like we don't see it toots yeah get out of here um and so she does she's back into modeling she's doing little bit parts here and there um but she was like 
no, I, I, I love acting and I need to make this work. And so she continues studying. Um, she does a couple things here and there. She, she meets an executive at Columbia and Columbia is like, hmm. Yeah. What? What's going do? on over here? Yeah. Um, at Columbia, they're like, you know, you should really do the Rita Hayworth scenario. And so she had already gone blonde. That's there. They do platinum bleach blonde. Yeah, just uh, platinum amount. Yeah. 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 Which I don't know. Have I, I've, uh, this is a complete sidebar. Have you ever dyed your hair? I have not. I, I, I think about like, is it too late for me to go to, through my gay um, crisis and bleach <laughs> my hair? Um, I did. Uh, I'm a big Halloween fan, if you know this. Mm-hmm. For, um, uh, the year I was the Mad Hatter, I had to do platinum blonde for my hair. And I bleached it three or four times within the, the span of a month. Jesus, and, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. And my hair was like li- like straw at that point, but it was platinum. But it takes dedication to yeah, keep that I'll say, up. <laughs> I'll say, how did your hair like survive? <laughs> and and just think about back then the chemicals yeah. they were using. So yeah, fuck, Ugh. scalp um, burning. Yeah. So she does Ladies of the Chorus with uh, Columbia. Um, I saw this movie. Uh, yeah, she's one of the chorus girls. And she she's the she's advertised as the lead but really she's, she's the daughter of the lead and what it is is in 48 when it came out it didn't make an impact but they columbia and this is skipping further ahead but we're gonna go back after i do this in 1952 once marilyn monroe's star started to rise re-released the film they were like hey guys we have a movie with her too (laughs) yeah exactly put her name above the credits and and really like this is it's a lie (laughs) but yeah it's a lie i mean she's good in it she's fine she's like it's cute like it's it's very like lol because the woman who plays her mother is maybe five years older maybe i don't fucking know she's seven years older but like doesn't yeah trust me no they 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 both are gorgeous leading ladies they literally put her in the manila luzon like white streak wig (laughs) and said oh that's the mom that's mom (laughs) that's mom guys thank you for a most enjoyable evening who is it there's no name no name well that's strange i wonder who it could be Oh, probably some politician who's bashful or married. She screen tested for the lead role in Born Yesterday, and uh, which w- was to ended up coming out in 1950, but this was in 1948, and um, <laughs> she doesn't get it. And then her contract's not renewed. Yeah. And uh, but that role, like I, th- I think um, Judy Holiday stars in that movie. It's a great movie. I love it. And Judy Holiday wins the Academy Award that year. Gag. And it's I I don't know if Marilyn would have and and people often say that Judy Holiday wins the award because she's splitting the vote of the the two leads from All About Eve were put up against each other even though one of them should have been supporting and so they think that Judy Holiday like won because the the vote was split for the right. other but even so. I don't know if Marilyn Monroe at this point, based on what I saw in Ladies of the Chorus, yeah, yeah, could have gotten that Academy Award. But yeah. funny enough, Marilyn Monroe is in All About Eve. Yeah, I, I mean, say, she, she has a little bit part, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's got, she's doing her bits and bobs. Um, 
also during this time, she's, uh, you know, she goes back to modeling after the end of her Columbia contract. And uh, just bringing this up, uh, she starts doing calendar work. Mm-hmm. And this and this is where the very famous uh, nude shots of Marilyn Monroe are taken. What I did not know, the first Playboy yes. ever. Yeah, but against her wishes. Like yeah. not, you know. Oh, she oh did, yeah. Like they are photos that... Hugh Hefner purchased from somebody else. Correct. And also, what's interesting, this book brings up, this was a widely distributed, like a widely distributed calendar. It's not like people had never seen these photos before. They had seen these photos. Mm -hmm. But like, now it's in Playboy. And like, it's legitimizing Playboy as well, too. Yeah. They're very tasteful. They're yeah. no, they're nothing like you would expect. Uh, and what the other great thing that this book brings up is that she, they're art poses, but she provides such a naturalism to them, which is why it's so tantalizing and interesting because it's really that intersection between art and. I sex. guess, yeah, exactly. Sex, sex is a perfect. I was gonna say smut, but it's not smut. No, it's not. Smut. It's not smutty at all. But it's it, so it's like you know, tantalizing in the way that it's unnatural, but also like incredibly innocent and inviting. Yeah, and that's the other big thing that you're gonna see in her career, innocence. So you mentioned All About Eve, which was released in 1950. Um, she's also a small part in the Asphalt Jungle. <clears throat> I told yes. Gavin I turned this off after like halfway through. I was like, I cannot do I- this. I saw it in the theater. I really liked it, uh, but I was shocked that she has mentioned several times that it's one of her favorite roles. She's barely in the movie. Barely yeah. in the movie. Barely. Um, um, John Huston, though, who would go on to direct her in one of her final performances. So She um, is able to get a seven-year contract with 20th Century Fox. She's back at Fox now. So she starts at Fox six months over. Columbia does one picture over, and now she's back at Fox She's um, knocking on that door going, Daryl, mm-hmm. Daryl uh-huh. Zanuck. Hello. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> she has three roles in 1951. They're small. As Young As You Feel, Love Nest, and Let's Make It Legal. Um, she's just kind of sexy gal on the side. Yes. I, I don't know that there's much to say about either of these. Um, you, you have, I, I, no. I, no, there, I mean, there's not. They, they, I mean, she's ornamental. She, yeah. You know, she's there to look at. Yeah, and I think people like are like, oh, she's very. I mean, because of course she's fucking Marilyn Monroe. She's beautiful. She's you know, so it's not hard for her to be beautiful in a movie that's just asking for her just to do that. Um, I thought this was funny. She was declared Miss Cheesecake of 1951. L O L, Dita Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a direct lineage. What she begins dating Joe DiMaggio in 1952. Um, and he, at the time, is the world's most famous athlete. He's yes. a baseball star for the New York Yankees. I, I, I'm not a sports person, but I truly thought for a moment there you weren't going to say baseball. That you were just going to be like, be like he He's played some sport. He was an athlete of some sort. Uh, <laughs> no, he was retired at the time, but like he was very famous, a big personality in New York. Um, it's also this time, though, that those photographs start coming out um she had taken them in 1949 they are released in 1952 it's kind of funny i mean when you think about it like this is giving very like like this is vanessa williams this is like very like this is a very modern thing that happens you know um i also thought about like 
not to bring up these women again, but like Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton, both their careers were essentially started with sex scandals. Yeah, you know, they, like they owe them to. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, even though Marilyn had been working a little bit, I would not say that she was quote famous yet. You know, it, this she was on the rise. These photos reemerge, and the studio is like, okay, well, let's just lean into it and say that you right. were a struggling, poor little girl who needed to like make it through. And um, the reaction was positive. People were like, oh, this girly, what she had to do to become a starlet, you know, like, I mean, it's it certainly didn't help the the people that put them out, especially the the playboy of it all mm -hmm. because they didn't get her you permission. know blessing it was, or permission it was yeah, literally it was, like yeah they were like it, uh, the public reaction was like she's been taken advantage of you know like how how awful these men it was i mean surprisingly they did not blame her for this yes um it was during the shooting of the movie clash by night that they that this really started coming to a head uh, this is a film with Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, it's based off a play. I don't know if you got a chance to see Clash by Night. I I actually I really liked it. Um, and what what's really cool is Marilyn's playing like just a very normal woman, gorgeous, mm. but like a very secondary character. But it you know really made the film difficult to to shoot because there was press constantly there and they were trying to get glimpses of Marilyn Monroe. And once again, she's, she's not the lead. Barbara Stanwyck's right. the lead, uh, you know, Fritz Lang famous German expressionist director uh, in the later part of his career directing this film. So there there's like names behind this movie yeah. and the press is there just to see Marilyn Monroe. Where did you get all that energy? I don't like him. He's kind of exciting. And attractive. Who's attractive? Who's exciting? Earl! Who? Joy, you're strangling me! Who's attractive? Who's exciting? You. That's better. Don't bother to knock and we're not married also are kind of rushed out at this time to capitalize on the scandal. I loved Don't Bother to Knock. Tell us. I, so Don't Bother to Knock is... And, and listen, maybe not... Maybe not kosher in twenty twenty two, okay. But es but essentially, it's it's this film where she plays this young girl who her uncle works as the elevator man at this hotel, and he's like trying to set her up with a job, watching this affluent parents kid for an evening at the hotel so they can go out, and what is unknown to them and, and everybody else who gets sort of brought into her world is she has actually just uh finished a involuntary institutionalization uh she is not well she should not have been placed in this position where she's caretaking for this girl uh, and mentally is is maybe in and it's it's a, a role that i think people wouldn't associate with marilyn it, mm -hmm. it's it's what you know it's in the end a very sympathetic ending for her, which I, I enjoyed, but okay. like essentially sort of like bad girl. Like she like there's a scene where she she's invited a man up to the hotel room and the little girl that she's taking care of is like awake now and she the, the little girl is like leaning out the window to see something and she like 
goes to push her out the window and the man sees her and stops her by like saying her name and she like pulls back oh and my it, God. it's a very satisfying and nuanced performance from a very Ooh. young Marilyn Monroe and I was I was sort of shocked I was like I was like this is a yeah. picture yeah <laughs> so they didn't really know what to do with her yet and therefore they were allowing her to take chances and and I'm kind of thankful for that in this period she's trying to like push her range of acting but she is being typecast she the studio is very controlling which is not new like we know that this is how it works but um she's in monkey business um with carrie grant um she's like kind of the third person in this movie she's not one of the leads she's kind of like both Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers are fine in the movie, yeah. but she's kind of the only part I really enjoyed of it. Not because I just thought it was like, like I was fine when the movie was bashing men. I was like, <laughs> when the movie was like, men are dumb, especially yeah. young men. But when it was like, and then women but are women also are babies and like are irrational, yeah, irrational and emotional. And then suddenly Cary Grant's in race makeup. And I was like, yeah. what is happening? No, like <laughs> it's a very like, I mean, it's a screwball comedy, yeah, but like it's, it's it, it gets very screwy. It's very minor. Howard Hawks got it. Gotta say, they said, "What if the monkey throws the potion in the water?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I thought monkey business is very light, <laughs> <laughs> thin, thin on the ground, thin in yes. the air. This is also unfortunately the time when she starts self medicating. Because she is so unhappy with the lack of control in her career, the way they are wanting to package her. Um, When I say they, I mean the studio. Um, People are saying she's unpleasant to work with because she is asking for more. She is, um, you know, she would show up too late to the set or she wouldn't show up at all. Um, she would ask for the right to improv scenes, mm-hmm. and and this was at a time in which you you truly did not do that. Yeah, I think the other thing to take into consideration is that she did suffer so much from this low self esteem and this mm-hmm. stage fright and this this want to to get everything correct. I mean, she was doing everything from you know working with Michael Chekhov on her acting, studying mime, very Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle. It would have been more helpful had people sort of checked in on her mental well-being instead of just being like, oh, late again. Like, yeah, oh. like, why can't you just be hot and do the thing we're telling you to? And I mean, to be fair, she was used to being on like the photo shoots where she right. had a lot of control, you know, and she was she was the one deciding the way you were going to look at her in these pictures, you know, she had control with the poses. She knew what like looked good. And, um, and on movie sets, that just was not the case. And, and there's such a focus, not even just from the studio on her body, but from the press on her body. And Marilyn, speaking of measurements, are they still the same as when you left? Have you gained weight? Have you lost weight? You... I think I'm about the same. About the same. Yeah. I also think it's interesting. Another thing that this this book brings up too is um, 1953. The Kinsey Report for females comes out. The Kinsey Report was a, a very 
Um, Are you gay se- or not? Nah? Yeah, well, it was a, it was a sex study. Um, the the Kinsey report for men came out in 1948, um, but nobody. It was such a male driven society. It's still a male driven society. People weren't really that interested in like female, female sexuality. sexuality, and so this report comes out and is talking about the female orgasm and and this coincides like perfectly with Marilyn Monroe's rise yep. as like a sexual being on screen. Yeah. Um for better or worse because sometimes she is just kind of a prop. Yeah. And that's and and so like the, it's not that society's necessarily necessarily interested in that, but it is fascinating to think about how and then i think the other interesting thing to think about with that specifically culturally is the 1950s is kind of the lowest point for american feminism because Mm. we you have the 40s where women were getting jobs because the men were at war and women were literally in factories doing the jobs that were considered quote-unquote male jobs you also had box office stars like Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Stanwyck, who were these tough, staunch women, women in pants. And and the 60s, you get with the sexual revolution and women's lib. And so you have the 50s in the middle, which is sort of this, this turn back towards like, well, women are mothers and they should be in the kitchen and they should be yeah. taking care of their husband. They should have a cocktail ready for him when he gets home from work and his slippers and ask him about his day. And yeah, and Marilyn and that Monroe. literally was everything she fucking didn't want with her fucking idiot husband. Right. It was what she didn't want, but it's what the studio wanted from her. Like, she, yeah. she is this innocent sort of subservient image for mm-hmm. men. And it's it's fascinating because, like, you know, you had to sort of want to keep her from da- – it was never, like, a masochistic um, male gaze when it came to her because – you wanted to keep her from danger because mm-hmm. she is so innocent and so pure, even though she is this sexual being. It's it. She's such an interesting dichotomy of themes. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. It, and, and you know, so like we're about to get into like her really blowing up. Nineteen fifty three is a big year for her, but like to be clear, she has already started taking a lot of pills, amphetamines, barbiturates. Um, she was an alcoholic, you know, and and she's alleviating all this anxiety from being in the limelight, uh, you know, being sexualized. There are reports that she was bullied on set by directors, male co-stars who thought she was a dumb bitch who couldn't act. Like, the, yeah. I, I, she fought a lot of people who thought she should just be a model. You know, she's just pretty and like, and you're not good at acting. Um and, and that's before she becomes like the full Marilyn we know today, and and the, and the roles that I think people really talk about when you talk about her. Um, Niagara is the kickoff. Um, great name for a movie, Absolutely. first of all. Um, Niagara, I thought was also a little light, but I think it looks incredible. Yes. Um, the colors of this movie, like they said, girly, those red lips are going to pop. Uh, she well, looks incredible. When people talk about the great screen pairings, no one ever talks about 
Technicolor and Marilyn Monroe. No, we don't talk about it enough. We certainly <laughs> we don't. don't. And it's it's so like it's so stunning. She's the she's the villain of the movie. She's the yes. femme fatale. She never gets to do a role like this ever again mm-hmm. in her entire career. And she's maybe not fully prepared for it. I will say. I I like the movie. I I think it's probably a little less light than you. I don't know. I don't know where your gauge is on it. I, but I was just like, imagine like what what if you went on a honeymoon? <laughs> And like you end up as having to like fucking figure out a murder mystery. I know. And like yeah. help a not pleasant man run away from his like murderous wife. I mean, I guess it's just like I would say she's barely a femme fatale. She wants to kill her husband to run away with like some hot guy, but like she's not really killing him. She's like asking the hot guy to do it. And right. then the rest well, of the that's movie. What, that's what a femme fatale does. That's what yeah, a. But like she's not like. Watch Double Indemnity, Louis. <laughs> but I wanted her to be a little bit more like you want smart, active? I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, or yeah, and active, I guess. I don't know. For a lot of it, she's. I mean, basically, it spoiler it doesn't work, and now yeah. the husband's like, "I'm coming for you, bitch," and she's like, "Oh no." It, it's funny that there is the most famous scene in the movie. <laughs> it's literally thirty seconds of her walking, and it's the way that her hips swayed. Mm-hmm. They just they used that to advertise the movie to get people to go see this film. I don't know what movie it was, but there is a movie in this era where she talks about uh, the, it, one of the lines. It, it asks her like what size she is, and she says, "I'm a size 12. And I don't know how women's sizes works, but I know twelve is not considered skinny by today's standards, right? And I was just like, fuck, like, you know, back then a size 12 looking like Marilyn Monroe, like was fucking it. And, you know, uh, in the Paris Hilton era, um, it was literally like, are you a size zero or one, a two? Um, As as it was unfortunately called heroin chic. Heroin, yes. And and this is the exact opposite of that. It is full-bodied glamour. Yeah, it's hips, it's ass, it's breasts. Yep. Um, it was, I would say the critics were very, huh, on it, but people really were just like, gah, 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 gah. The, the, the color of it all was just yeah. far too much for the people to turn away. Former subject of our show, Joan Crawford, did call the film that her role in the film was unbecoming of an actress and a lady. Wow. Joan. I love that. I mean, you know that Joan was just like, what can I say to yeah. like fucking insert myself into this? <laughs> um her second movie is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, um, with Jane Russell. I just gotta take a quick moment to say I had never seen this movie in its entirety. Jane Russell is a so fucking good fucking star. Oh my god, Holy yeah. Holy shit. Like she it, it's Sort of unfortunate that Gentlemen Prefer Blondes has become such a Marilyn Monroe centerpiece because yeah. genuinely, Jane Russell is kind of the the star of that movie. Yes, and 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 she's so good. I mean, there's a <laughs> the, I was already gooped and gagged, and then like the end where literally Jane Russell has to play Marilyn Monroe's character. I was like, this is I. I the levels. The levels. I mean, these both of them are very, very good. The movie is very, very funny. For better or worse, this movie cements her as the dumb blonde. Like yes. This, the, the persona of Marilyn Monroe is cemented, like solidified. It is all here. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. I mean, in the movie, she doesn't know how to wear a tiara. She doesn't know what a tiara is. She's very like 
but and and the breathiness and of the I voice. Was, I was gonna say, and the and really, it's the 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 genesis. I mean, she's had that voice. She's been working on it, but really, it's that that baby sort uh, of. What do you is, mean? Yeah. Uh, do, wait. Did you say diamonds? Yeah. You yeah. know that and a diamond miner. Oh, uh. <laughs> which by the way must. That gentleman's diamond mines, it's definitely not ethically sourced diamonds. No. <laughs> Just honey. putting it out there. Those that are man, blood diamonds, baby. <laughs> yeah, that man is Elon Musk's dad. Yes, um, but, absolutely. Uh, she did have enough presence of mind to ask for the line towards the end to be inserted about not being dumb. And if you had a daughter... Wouldn't you rather she didn't marry a poor man? But I was... You'd want her to have the most wonderful things in the world and to be very happy. Oh, why is it wrong for me to want those things? Well, I concede that... Say, they told me you were stupid. You don't sound stupid to me. I can be smart when it's important, but most men don't like it. That's Marilyn Monroe. That's yeah. not the scriptwriters. This movie, to me, is, is very profound and incredible because it's like how many movies where the two girlies are not fighting they are not right. you know they they have nothing that the other wants um they are both supremely talented supremely gorgeous neither of them you know are really making digs at each other for anything um and they they have each other's backs the whole way through so um yeah. It's also a movie with the gayest musical number ever recorded, which is oh. Jane Russell's like what song about love when but it's she's also it, her song about being lazy. She's like, I can't lift things. I don't do yeah. that. Like let's and it's just sit just down and hang out. <laughs> a room full of muscle men in short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> the third movie is How to Marry a Millionaire, uh, with Betty Grable and Lauren Bacall. Um, also just like supremely talented women. Yeah, it's funny because Lauren Bacall probably is the more at the time was the more vaunted, bigger, but But uh, still very young. I think the other thing that's like not because Lauren Bacall is always playing all these really mature mm -hmm. characters. She comes off as kind of like the the mother of the group sort of but right. she's well, also she, yeah very she young. has that face though it's a very severe yes. face yes um it's a fun little romp again yeah. kind of like you know marilyn is playing um ditzy girl i mean all of them are basically trying to scam men and and marry rich i really love her performance in this movie and this is the famous apocrypha because it's actually not what she says in the film but the like men don't make passes that girls who wear glasses comes right. from well you know what they say about girls who wear glasses what are you talking about men aren't attentive to girls who wear glasses did you ever try it Rewatching it this time even though she's so funny and her timing is so good I was a little annoyed by how dumb they made her. I was like, this was the one. Like, gentlemen prefer blondes. I can, I you can almost get away with it because it is such a like fantasy. You know, yeah. it's such a technicolor. And the, the speaking of movies where the color pops, I mean, the diamonds are a girl's best friend with the bright pink. pink background. Like the you know, but this here because it is it feels like a more realistic world and even though it starts off with the orchestra and everything 
I was kind of like, can't we just, can we give her something else to do other than be like, I'm so dumb that like, I'm going to just be blind because I don't want to wear my glasses. Yeah, I, I will say she looks fucking great in glasses. Absolutely. And they, give the... Her the, they give her the sexiest diamond encrusted glasses. And she's like, oh, no, you know, all that. If she was like a little bit famous before, she is <laughs> the it girl to end it all, you know? Yeah, uh, this, is, this is her bright shining star moment. This is, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, she's printing money, baby. Yeah, and speaking of which, she at this time is like, okay, Fox, like, I, I need more money. And they're like, LOL, we got you on contract, girly, and it's we're not going to, you know, we're paying you what you're paying you. Um, and so sh- she she had a very tumultuous relationship with the head executive, um, Daryl Zanuck. He did not like her. He was yeah. like, you aren't that good. I don't get it. But I think that's all power dynamic. I think that's all yeah. like I'm I'm sure he was like, oh, you know, you you won't fuck me, but you'll, you know, yeah. like Yeah. Absolutely. And in 1954, he literally suspends her um because she did not want to be in another musical comedy. Um that was The Girl in Pink Tights. Her and Joe DiMaggio get married in San Francisco. And uh, also during this time she goes on tour entertaining yes. the troops in Korea and she has talked about how like this era for her doing this going and entertaining the troops being live on stage was one of her favorite things that she did out throughout her entire career once again it's the same thing where it's like she's not under anybody else's thumb she goes out she makes the jokes you know and she's doing all those like the I, this is the other thing that bothers me. People talk about these dumb blonde isms, but they don't seem to understand that like y- you have to be f- funny and smart yes. to turn a phrase. Famously, when asked about the nude portraits, they were like, "What did you have on?" Yeah. All these pictures were taken, and she was like, "The radio." And it's like, yeah, that's a smart, quippy comeback. That's fucking funny. One of her best jokes in Korea was. You know, she'd be on stage and she'd be like, I don't know why all you men love these sweater girls so much. Take the sweaters off and what do they have? (laughs) (laughs) She's, I mean, yeah, I think people, uh, I mean, it's very clear because there's so many people who try to do knockoff Marilyn and it's like, it's just not good. You know, you have to be witty and she had it in spades, you know, Um, she has what Dolly Parton has. Yes. And uh, yes, 100%. And that's the thing is, and there are, like, I I don't want to chalk up these people's entire careers to being knock off to Marilyn Monroe, but this is literally people are trying to come up with their own Marilyn Monroe's. And this is where you get the Jane Mansfields of the world, the Mitzi Gaynors of the world. And these are, these are people that are doing the blonde bombshell, but nobody's doing it quite like her. This book posits that like, it, it's possibly because both of those people are like, too knowing right like there, there there is none of that innocence with them versus where Marilyn monroe like finds a way to like put it at a distance uh this book even says um when she was doing the prince and the showgirl in 1956 the evening news wrote she really is as luscious as strawberries and cream and norman mailer in 1973 wrote in his book about her Marilyn suggested sex might be difficult and dangerous with others but ice cream with her. <laughs> and I, I like love, I like these are not great comparisons because they're kind of, they're diminishing her as a human being to like give the, but I, but 
that is part of the appeal of Marilyn right. is that she's this sweet confection mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. everything's going to go great with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so she's like basically away for a little while. She's like, "Nope." Um finally um she settles the situation with Fox, comes back, has a new contract, um and she stars in The Seven Year Itch, which is exactly what she wanted. So yeah. in the end, this was a very smart publicity move for her. I mean, the with the publicity of her doing the USO tour, I'll I'll just say it. It was a good career move to marry yeah. Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. And and so like, yeah, so she comes back and she she's getting a bonus of $100,000 and she's starring in The Seven Year Itch, which is what she wanted in the first place. Yeah. Um, this is another movie that, I mean, it's a huge fucking hit. Um, yeah. I had never seen it before. I saw it for this and I... I don't know. I, it's, to me, I had problems with it just because it's so fucking centered around a fucking man and like yeah. his delusions, Michael. Like, I'm like, I'll go even further. I absolutely love Billy Wilder. I don't like this movie. I, hmm. I, I've just never liked this movie. And part of it is, is they, they go out of their way to neuter the play because the play is about an affair. The play right. is about this man sleeping with his neighbor while his wife is away. And in the film, because of sensors at the time and the way the the code worked and everything you just you couldn't have it be about that so it's like an imagined affair and at that point i'm like i'm really sitting through two hours of this like what the fuck is the point it's kind of funny also i mean so this movie is where we get the famous shot of marilyn um the subway going underneath and the dress going up i didn't realize that is barely even showed in the movie they show like her yeah, ankles. You, you don't see you don't see the full body. You see below, and then you see above, but you don't yeah. see. And but it was such a publicity stunt when they shot it because most of the movie wasn't even shot in New York. But they did go to New York to shoot this. They invited the press. They invited people to come along, and it was a big spectacle. The pictures were everywhere, yeah. and Joe DiMaggio was like, "I hate this." <laughs> he he was he was like, "I hate like how much you belong." to the public and yeah i mean and and like i also don't want to paint him as a saint he was also by all accounts very physically abusive and yes philanderer all the things yeah um i yeah i mean for better or worse that image is like one of the most iconic of modern fucking history yes (laughs) like um i think though and maybe she this was her if she wanted this i don't see that much growth or like range in this. I mean, I will say she like, it seems like they were asking her, maybe this is what she wanted, but I I think the whole, like I'm just innocently here and like, what, like an affair with me? Like it's, it's, it's kind of a gross movie. It is gross. It's asking us to like, believe a lot of things. And like, it's asking, it's asking a lot for an audience and, and the whole idea like, Oh, seven years. That's what everyone, like, was going to fucking cheat or whatever. Uh, I I think she just saw it as a movie for, quote-unquote, adults. Yeah. After doing, like, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire, when she's playing. Like, but, yeah, you're right. Like, I I think she just took a look at the subject material and didn't realize that in playing this role, she was just still playing the... It's very similar. Yeah. Oh, it's because... 
because I took your bed and you had to sleep on the couch. I knew I should have taken the couch. I just feel terrible. It's not the couch. It's my wife. She found out about us and she shot me. She what? Five times in the back and twice in the belly. You're just having a bad dream. <laughs> we get in 1954 Otto Preminger's River of No Return. Yes, uh, it's a Western. She called it a Z-grade Western. Sweetie, she's yeah. not wrong. That movie, all it, I, it's real bad. I, I remember the main I do guy, think she's gorgeous in it, though. Gorgeous. She, she looks good on a raft. Um, there's a moment when, like, the main good guy you're supposed to be rooting for basically sexually assaults her yeah. in the forest. And, and what's fun is that's the poster for the movie. Right, like him on top of her. Yeah. But because, because like it's assault and she's like clearly saying no. But then like a scene later, she's like, don't worry about it. He's apologizing or whatever. And then they fall in love or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't like that. After that, she comes, there's, there's no business like show business, which I saw today, which yeah. is a fun little, you know, nugget of... Americana. I, that's like a Irvin Berlin. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like it's it, this movie was made just to shoot like set pieces. <laughs> like, I, lo- I love that she leaves the movie about 40 minutes before it ends. <laughs> and I was she like, does, she does I, come back at the very end to be like, she, but I do love your son. She did not like this movie. No, she did not she want to do yeah. this. I mean, they, they, the contract that she had signed was like, well, if you dropped out of that other fucking like movie musical, you're going to have to do this one. I think she probably, I mean, She's not the star of this. She doesn't have to do a lot. She's just kind of like, you know, on the side. I like the movie, though. It's fun. Donald uh, O'Connor is great. No chemistry with her whatsoever. But I mean, no, 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 no. That no, might no. be other reasons. Homosexual activity. Because DiMaggio hates what the fuck is happening so much with her. They get divorced after nine months. Um, so they don't even make the fucking year. Um, but it's because this this year of her... I mean, A Star is Born, baby. He is losing stock and she is gaining stock you know people want marilyn monroe and he's like okay absolutely not after you know wrapping up seven year itch in 54 this is when she leaves hollywood yeah she and she founds she's like i'm gonna start my own production company yeah Um, mmp also known as marilyn monroe pictures and like i said before she wants to make movies that she wants to be in mm-hmm. unfortunately it doesn't fully go quite the way she plans because she still needs a studio to distribute those movies right and, and in order to do that she has to sign another contract with fox basically being like she gets one for her and one for them and and so like it's she's not fully free of the studio system but it's really a landmark deal and she is to to misquote Jay-Z she's not a businesswoman she's a business woman, woman. and, uh, and yeah i mean like it, this is people say like this was instrumental in the collapse of the studio system like yes. she is this is like she's first, creating independent film yes it's fucking crazy um while she's doing this she's in in Manhattan, she's studying acting. She literally becomes besties with Strasberg. Yeah, doing the Lee Strasberg method, like hanging out with his family, um, his daughter, you know, his wife Paula, who are giving her like private lessons at their home. And yeah, she also is casually dating Marlon Brando and then also meets Arthur Miller, 
who is one of the like great American playwrights. You just saw Death of a Salesman. <laughs> I did. I did. I Hello. literally just saw the the new Broadway revival of it. And it's amazing. And a lot of the stuff is still relevatory. Some of the stuff is still very 60s, but you, you, you can't help that. Um, this is also the era communism ever heard of it. <laughs> Here's the thing is Miller hung out with communists like there's yeah. there's, you know, he had friends who were fucking communists, but that shouldn't be a thing that keeps you from work. You're right. And also, uh, I, I read that, you know, she Marilyn was very close to like joining the Communist Party. But she definitely was um, sympathetic and like was dibble and dabbling with communism. And to the point, like the FBI is fucking investigating all this shit. Like there's a lot of politics going on. They get married in 56. Um, and, and I think Arthur Miller was like probably the best relationship. Even after they ended their relationship, he you know looked after her. He treated me as a human being and he was... Um very sensitive human being and treated me treated me as a sensitive person also so she signs this other contract with fox like gavin mentioned um she legally changes her name to marilyn monroe that had not been done yet her first film under the new contract is bus stop uh, which is a little bit more dramatic um, she's still playing a like saloon showgirl, which a lot of her movies right. are that. Um, but it definitely, I mean, this movie is again talk about a tonal fucking yeah shit show. Like this woman is abducted because a man doesn't know how like to behave. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's, it's giving it, incel behavior. Honestly, it, it is interesting because she does. Because of her contract with Marilyn Monroe Pictures, even though it is a Fox film that she is doing under this contract, she does have final say on director, cinematographer. So she like handpicks her team of people. But I think the script needed work. <laughs> yeah, um, it's basically like uh, I do enjoy the. Like, this movie is kind of like a weird fuck you to men. And, like, this, those older movies where it's, like, the men to sweep the women off their feet and, like, you know. It is the, to a point. But it, it doesn't it, stick the landing. Yeah, it doesn't stick it, the landing. But, like, for a lot of the movie, it's, like, God, men are fucking crazy and stupid. Yeah. And because his whole idea is that this cowboy hick who's, like, also all these movies are, like, I'm only 21. I'm, like, sir, please. Right. Um, but anyway. He's like, I'm going to meet an angel and she's going to be mine. And that was the other thing I was going to bring up is the the angel, the idea, this just cream, this yeah. whiteness, this, yeah. you know, like purity, purity. Yeah. But but she's I, like, I, I LOL. was not a, not a fan. <laughs> she's like, LOL, I've been fucking and I told you, no, like, what do you mean we're getting married? And he's like, yeah, he literally like throws her on a bus and yeah. like is attempting to take her hostage to marry her and and live a life together and it's like and and listen there's great moments in it there's yep. she has a really good monologue about having to marry somebody at a young age and mm-hmm. like well you see i've been going with guys since i was about 12 honest honey i almost married a cousin of mine when i was 14 but pappy wouldn't have it i never heard of anyone married so young down those ox we don't waste much time She's also trying to do this like uh, Ozark accent and 
to yeah. me that I was like, I'm glad you're trying to stretch that talent, but it is, it's not, it's not well, there. Everyone. I mean, so here's like a, a quote from a, a review. Hold on to your chairs, everybody, and get set for a rattling surprise. Marilyn Monroe has finally proved herself as an actress. Yeah. She gets, I, a, I think, she gets a Golden Globe nom. I think it's that's deranged. <laughs> but, but hey. I don't see it, babes. I really don't I, see I it. I don't. I don't. Uh, um, her first, in like, so that was for Fox. And now her first uh, under MMP is The Prince and the Showgirl. Um, <laughs> she goes to England to do it with Laurence Olivier. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't bad. get it. It's I don't really get bad. it. I I watched this and I thought, what is this about? <laughs> and what a, is it, everyone doing? It's about an hour and fifty minutes too long. That's that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I was like, is this is a it's an alleged comedy? But where are the jokes? Yeah, there's no laughs. Um, yeah, it, her and Olivier don't like i think they're both good in the movie i guess for what the movie's going for but they don't have a ton of chemistry together Mm -mm. and he directed it but he was awful to her the entire time like at one point he told her can't you just be sexy like can't you like um he's one of many directors who like um threw her acting coach off the set and she refused to show up until her acting coach was brought back um just just was vile and vicious to her the whole time and then you know upon seeing the movie later was like she was fun to watch on screen and it's like yeah thanks i i appreciate the production values of the film i will say as a director i think there's a weird he's really trying there's a lot of unreality to it like when yeah when they take the coach through the like and it it's all fake it all looks really (laughs) fake and then there's the the shot of them at the ball and everybody's doing the choreographed dance number. Like I was like, this is more interesting to me than anything that's happening between these two characters. Um, I mean, literally the name of the movie explains the plot. She's a showgirl. He's a prince. They fall in love. Yeah. That, but that's, that's it. Yeah. They like try to play psychosexual games with each other. Yes. For laughs. LOL. I guess Um, His his son wants to depose him. I guess there's nothing left for me to do but to take off all of my finery and slip quietly out of your life forever. What? I said, I guess there's nothing left for me. No, 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 before that, you translated. Do you speak German? Sure. Then you heard this message. Oh, yes, but I'm not going to tell you what it was. So don't excite yourself too much. She is still taking a lot of pills. This is the era of, like... Any woman who has anxiety or anything, it's like amphetamines, 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 uppers, downers, yeah. candy corns. Like it is, you know, just a lot. Um, she allegedly has a miscarriage during yes. this time. Unconfirmed. We don't know. Um, there was also, I mean, this is also her first production, you know, and so that there's a lot of just complications difficulties um the movie was you know kind of met with a meh yeah um she she takes an entire 17 months off which is a lot of time to be taking off when you're like really burning that bright when you know she this is like a machine and to like shut it down for so long it's but like you mentioned there's a lot of personal problems you know that uh, people 
doctors think she might have also had endometriosis that yeah. kept her from being able to have kids. Yeah, and... she had a ectopic pregnancy, which is fucking horrible. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of fucking shit. Like that's that's why one of the many reasons why we have abortions, because, yes. you know, like it was an unviable pregnancy. Um, um, and... She also ends up having to buy out her uh, business partner from Marilyn Monroe Pictures, making her the sole head of Marilyn Monroe Pictures. Yeah. Um, so tough time. She comes back in 1958 with perhaps one of her um, most lauded, uh, well-known movies, Some Like It Hot. It's on Broadway now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a very different version. Yeah, we talked about this movie um, for our Drag on Film episode. We did. Um, uh, it's a it's a good movie. I rewatched it again today. I like it a lot. I, I still, you know... It's very of its time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's not going to get into anything too deep uh, in terms of gender or... Well, they were trying to, like, recapture the glory of, like, the light and fluffy movie musicals of, you know, Gentleman from Fur Blondes and, and How to Marry a Million. Like, all those stuff like that was right. really what made her, you know? And she was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's another dumb blonde thing. Um, Arthur Miller basically was the one who encouraged her to do it her husband said yeah you know um they were also willing to pay her 10 percent of the film's profits on top of her standard pay right and and she also really wanted to work with billy wilder again because she had a really good time on seven year itch even though uh, you know it it may not be our favorite but then that relationship falls apart because she's blowing lines and having yeah. to do take after take famously like 47 takes of introducing herself and right it was a not an easy production yeah uh tony aforementioned tony curtis like claims that it was like kissing hitler kissing her due to the number of retakes but also like he did explain later that he felt his performances decreased the more takes they did mm. even though hers we're only getting better because right unfortunately the 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 star is beginning to like flicker out like and it's due to a lot of things it's drugs it's alcohol it's anxiety it's you know the public it's the media um but this movie you know comes out it's a big success critically and commercially um she won a golden globe you know, I think that's maybe one of her only awards that she ever won. Yeah. You know I'm going to be 25 in June. You are? That's a quarter of a century. Makes a girl think. About what? About the future. You know, like a husband. That's why I'm glad we're going to Florida. What's in Florida? Millionaires. Flocks of them. They all go south for the winter like birds. Oh, you're going to catch yourself a rich bird? Oh, I don't care how rich he is. As long as he has a yacht, his own private railroad car, and his own toothpaste. You're entitled. And after Some Like It Hot, she takes another um, hiatus until she makes Let's Make Love. Um, I saw that today. That was, an- I mean, the I think maybe the most fun part of this movie is just like the set piece of her doing yeah. the like, boys. Yeah. I can't like boys. Or, um, or like, My Heart Belongs to Daddy. Love. Oh my God. My Heart Belongs to Daddy. The The gag of this movie is that they were like, we can get Gene Kelly in here. We can get right um, Milton Berle. Like yeah, um, she <laughs> she herself really wanted to work with, and I'm gonna butcher it, but Ye- Yves Montand. 
Oh, fucking who's, no. who's the lead. It was his first English language role. I mean, the, the, the real secret key there was not um, that she wanted to work with him, but that she wanted to sleep with him. Um, and that they start an affair on the set of this movie. Um, also, the press goes wild about her weight, which is why the uh, My Heart Belongs to Daddy number takes place mostly in a sweater. And I think it's so funny because when she takes it off, if you look at her body, like that is, she's not a heavy person at all. She looks gorgeous. Uh, Yeah, absolutely amazing, radiant, beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't, I I don't know. Like there, the, the seams are starting to show. Yeah. Um, The movie does not go over well with the public. People call it very vulgar. I just think it wasn't, as funny as it was trying to be it Um, meanders especially towards the last half yeah um truman capote really wanted her to play holly golightly in breakfast at tiffany's um producers were like absolutely not (laughs) um her last movie is john houston's the misfits which arthur miller had written for her yeah it's a very dramatic role that is is miles away from anything she had done before yeah it is it is truly unique in her career it is uh, you know she plays a woman who's out in reno to get a quickie divorce um she meets an older cowboy this is played by the aforementioned clark gable and yeah they it's a relationship drama it's uh, i mean it's literally a movie about addiction and um aging and uh, you know sadness i mean and it's like sad. tradi- and, and traditional things going away like you know yeah. it's kind of like life moving on without you you know like yeah. you being left behind um it's it's I, I i can't say that i enjoyed watching the movie it's like it's kind of like a dour watch yeah um but you know it's it's funny because I agree with you, but I also think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> like I think, and and it's interesting too because you know the other thing that's happening well on set of this movie, uh, her marriage to Arthur. Arthur Miller is falling apart, and so he's like rewriting the script yep. as the movie's going on. It's getting more and more bitter. Um, people talk about Marilyn Monroe's behavior on this movie sometimes not showing up to set, sometimes being late. Um, the thing that they don't talk about was a Clark Gable was very kind to her about this. He recognized that there were some issues going on and famously said, like, I don't what why do I care if she doesn't show up? I get paid regardless. Right. Um John Houston had a gambling addiction, um, would stay up all night gambling his money away, and sometimes wouldn't show up to the set. Uh People were like, oh, well, she was still having an affair with Montand, but Arthur Miller was having an affair with his assistant and then eventually one of the photographers that was working on the movie. So, like, no one is innocent in in this situation. But because Marilyn Monroe had this reputation, she gets the blame for it. Yeah, it was all, you know, toxic. Her drug addiction was so severe that her makeup had to be applied while she was still asleep under the influence of barbiturates. They had to stop filming for a week so she can go to detox. Yeah. Um, I I will say, and and once again, take this with a grain of salt because I've not been able to confirm this by like a third party source, but I did find a second party source that said um, that was also like, they kind of sent her to detox. So the 
that John Houston could recoup some of the money that he had gambled away. Mm. So it was like kind yeah. of a ploy to get the studio to put up more money. Right. And, and all that, you know, Houston said that sh- sh- her acting was incredible. You know, that it was real emotion. I mean, and, and this movie asks a lot from her um, emotionally. You know, she is, there are other women in this movie, but they are very tangential. There's three men who are all in some sense are asking this woman to like save them. Yeah. From their own demons. And she is just like trying to fucking, I mean, the movie is about her like actively trying to get rid of a fucking husband. And these three guys are just like, oh, baby, you know, and let's go fucking kill some horses or whatever. Children are supposed to bring you together, but what if they don't, you know? I've known of uh, so-called happily married couples. One time, the wife was in the hospital to have the baby, and the husband was calling me up. I mean, he was calling me. They're still supposed to be happily married. I guess you believe in true love, don't you? I don't know, but they'll invent a way that you don't have children unless you care for each other. Because the kids know the difference. I always knew the difference. Her and Arthur Miller divorced before the movie's even out. Um, yeah. Uh, it's the movie's released and it's a flop. You know, um, critics and audiences didn't get it. Now people really appreciate I think right now it's had a second, third appraisal and people really yeah. enjoy it. Enjoy, I think, is the wrong word. I think people recognize the significance of the movie and the artistry of the movie. Um but at the time, it was just like, no, no, no. And so, like, her career is just, like, on this downward spiral. Um, and she's basically fired from uh, the last movie she's going to make, Something's Gotta Give. Yeah, she, it's a George Cooker film. Uh, you can actually find the 37 minutes worth of the film that with her that was made on YouTube it's actually kind of an interesting curio to watch. I watched it. Um, it's not a movie, though. And, uh, you know, famously, this film was going to have a nude scene, which it, it, that exists in in that bit. Um, would have been the first time a mainstream actress appeared nude on screen. Um, and, yeah, she was let go because of her, quote unquote, bad behavior. They replaced her with Lee, Lee Remnick. Uh, Dean Martin, who was our co-star, refused, was like Marilyn or nobody. Um, they rehired her. Uh, and then she died. Yeah. A man's wife spends five years on an island with a strange man. Do you like it any better if I knew it? And it slips her mind. Well, I was going to tell you, but I know how upset you get about little things. Little things? This is the era right, right before she dies. She does her famous happy birthday, Mr. President. Yes. She actually did that during the filming of Misfits. She was like, I'm sick. And then she went to go do that. (laughs) Right. And it kind of, again, I don't know how much I want to get into fucking JFK. And I don't think we need to get into it at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, people did not react well to it. They thought it was a stunt. It backfired on her. Happy birthday, Mr. President. People claim that she was doing it to kind of force his hand in their affair, their alleged affair. I don't fucking know. She dies at 36. Her live-in housekeeper. Right. Her um, Eunice fucking finds her. And she's naked, splayed 
elegantly on some fucking sheets. And uh, it, she, well, she couldn't get into the room. She calls Marilyn Monroe's psychiatrist. He breaks down the door. They find her dead. Right. Um, the, uh, her psychiatrist, who allegedly also she was having a sexual relationship with, which, yeah. fuck that guy. Um, th- th- yeah, this that's whole. Not, that's not how you patient. No. No, no, right. no, no. They found her naked in bed with a bottle of empty fucking pills and a phone in her hand. This was a woman who was in need. This was a woman who, you know, literally just needed someone to take care of her, to like, you know, be kind and show her fucking empathy. And um, I think the thing that always makes me the saddest is I think she, she needed more friends. Yeah. I think that's, that's truly it. And I think a person in her position, an actor who is that famous, who is, it's impossible to have more friends. Because I have very few friends. Although I, I like people, but for friends, I like few people. It's first reported that it is um, suicide. Um, I think th- in the end it was like unsubstantiated suicide or some shit. I don't fucking know. Um, whatever it is, you know, she... Like the Misfits came out not even a year, yeah. Before you know, like it was it was a huge, shocking end to um, an icon who she was able to make herself into this icon in what like five six years of when she was like at the top of her game. Obviously, she had been working for longer than that, but. Um, that star burnt so bright and so fast. Um, it's it's just a bummer how it ended. Um, but I I think, you know, unless there's anything else you want to get into before we move into our picks. Sort of what I was getting at at the beginning. She didn't die. Like, she did, like in the public mind, she didn't. Yeah, yeah she, she did. She's, she's still with us to this day. And it's really fascinating because there's no one like that you know you you right. get close you know when we talked about audrey hepburn i think yeah still i was just know. thinking that audrey is probably the closest to that yeah but it's it's just fascinating i mean and and everybody you know everybody wants to be her you know we we wouldn't have madonna without Marilyn monroe we wouldn't yeah. have you know it's it's fascinating but yeah no i think we should i think that's a good place to leave it um and we should move into our picks let's do our one star reviews first For me, I think it's got to go to 1956's Bus Stop. Um, I think it has something interesting to say. Unfortunately, it is a product of its time and cannot fully say it. And um, I think she is reaching for something perhaps that is not yet in a real house. Um, It's, you know, and and this is a movie where she's... um, she is still like a showgirl. She's dreaming of going west to California yes. and becoming a, an actress. Um, and unfortunately for fucking her, this loud, idiotic cowboy, Beauregard, um, <laughs> just like storms into town and, like I mentioned before, is on the hunt for his angel. Yeah, he's like a, a virginal 21-year-old idiot. Yeah. And a lot of the movie is like his older friend, Virgil, being like, you can't talk to women that way. That's not how it works. And he's like, well, you mean? 
I can do whatever I want. I said I was going to get me an angel. Like, it's fucking crazy. I, I just remember this. Her name is Cherie, and he keeps yeah. fucking calling her Cherry. The entire I'm like, this man can't even fucking... And she keeps saying, like, my name is Cherie. It's Cherie. It's not Cherry. Um, and uh, to her specifically, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, the accent is shaky-quakey. Um I, I think, you know, some of the it's unfortunate just because, you know, she's the movie is taking a stand against like this fucking guy. But then at the end, he just says, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, my God. You could say you're sorry. Well, color me wet because let's <laughs> go, girls. Like and she just abandons her hopes and dreams to go with him. And um, yeah, I I, I had some issues with it and it's also sucky because like this is the first movie that she does with her production company um though this is still under the fox contract the the the, i mean this is her production company so she does get the final say in terms of director and everything but it's still fox was like here's the movie we want you to do there's a lot of this movie where she's running away yeah a lot of this movie is her trying to get out from this man and I, I this is the this is the defense I'll give that portion of it. Um she she's very heavily into the the method at this point. Mm. You know, Strasberg and and his wife and they've they've really ingrained this idea that like you sort of have to live your parts and and I think that's really where this fails because there's stuff in this script where that she could really dig into her own personal life. I don't think she was wanting to face a lot of that stuff either and so it's a very surface level performance it's it's if i think it's a very bad script and you know i'm a little surprised that this was your one star review because i i really thought you were going to go with something else but this is also my one star review i hated this movie i truly hated this movie um it was and, and, and i agree i agree there is there are moments where like you're getting the tantalizing tip of, of something more progressive and you, and you really want it to push in that direction. But I mean, he, he like physically like not sexually, but he like physically assaults her at the end of the movie. And I was just like, Oh no, no, no. Like Like the, the moment where she's, they literally like all of the people that this man knows have to conspire against him to, so she can escape. Right. She does escape, and then he finds out where she is at, at the fucking bus station, and literally climbs over a fence, snatches her, puts her over yeah. his shoulder. Like a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> and is like, Cherry, I don't know where you're going, baby. And like, they're, it, it's human trafficking level shit. Like, yeah. they are now on a bus, and she's sneaking to the front to try and ask another woman to please help her because... The man sleeping in the back is abducting her. Right. There is a <laughs> there is a darker version of this. Yes. That like is way more interesting. But because it's, you know, it's 1956 and, and it's Technicolor and it's it just it never finds a way to get to that level. But crying out loud, will you leave me be? Well, ain't that your suitcase? Yes, that's my suitcase. Girl! What'd you bring it in here for? Cherry, I'm asking you a civil question. What did you bring your suitcase in here for? Now tell me. You keep away from me, Bo Decker. Oh, well, George, you keep out of this. This is between me and Cherry. 
Was you trying to fool me again? Is that what it was? Take your hands off of me, Bo! I think the other option was... <laughs> I just really did... The seven-year itch just yep. does so little for me. That, it's so funny because that's my other option, too. And that's the one I really thought you were going to pick, so... I yeah I mean and I honestly could go either way on these we can just split it in the half and say we both picked half of these movies because (laughs) the seven year itch I think again is like they were weaponizing Marilyn's like persona in this movie you know like who would be the the woman to like lure away the man you know seven years into the relationship why it's Marilyn Monroe of course and she's just so stupid and doesn't fucking understand like has no agency and she's just like forever going to be the temptress or so to that point her character literally doesn't have a name in in the movie i can explain everything the stairs the cinnamon toast the blonde in the kitchen now wait a minute dicky boy let's just take it easy what blonde in the kitchen (laughs) wouldn't you like to know maybe it's marilyn monroe they're trying to wink wink at everyone and it's just i mean the fucking movie starts with everyone in native american yeah brown it's, face it's truly a film that wants to eat its cake and have it too because it can't go as far as the play went um and therefore it's not interested in digging into anything deeper or analyzing itself so yeah it's just men behaving badly yeah very that and, it, and it's it sucks because i i've never seen the play but it is a very interesting thing to like the concept of Every summer, men send away their wives and children off to, like, upstate and Hudson or whatever, and the men stay at home and work and, like, fuck around. I think that is interesting. And, like, I yeah. would love to, like, see, like, yeah, let's show me the real fucking shit of these men who are fucking around. But, like, it, comedy and, and, and this woman who, like, literally has no name, um, and she's just, like, and, and the way they pl- make her play it where it's, like, she's just so kind of, like what me just walking in with my like robe and like oh yeah. are you so tempted in these legs and it's like oh, god it's just cheap it's cheap um yeah. but okay um was there anything else that you wanted to mention that were like not no i mean i i think river of no returns real bad but i prince I, and the showgirl <laughs> yeah prince of the showgirl not great either and uh you know i think let's make love is sort of somewhere in the middle ground yeah. of like not great but also not horribly offensive just excruciatingly long yes Uh, but why don't we get out of our one-star reviews and get into our five-star reviews i think there are some moments in her career that are just like so astoundingly good and bright um like it's it's truly wild to think like you know what a fucking icon and legend do you have to be that it takes you just one movie to make yeah, such a fucking impact. Um, my pick has to be Fifty Three is Jennifer Fur Blondes. Yeah, um, it's, it's great. It is unparalleled. Like the level of sophistication to do these jokes and the the style, the grace. There's one beautiful scene of Jane Russell and and Marilyn just walking into a ballroom. And every fucking head turns. And they're just walking. Yeah. And it's just like gorgeous. Gorgeous. I I, I do have to say, the the gay men who were dressing her. <laughs> I, used, I was literally just going to say, and this is so shallow of me, best looking 
outfits of yeah, any yeah. film that she's ever been in. Yeah, they they were they were having a ball. Um, this was directed by Howard Hawks. Um, it 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 is you know there was a stage musical. Um, and and you but can like tell. They, yeah, but I think they like barely used anything from the stage musical. I think it's one of those where they're like. Take like, the we'll name. The, yeah, we'll have the title. Yeah, um, because in, in the stage musical, the the Marilyn Monroe role was played by Carol Channing. Ah! So, <laughs> so not that. Um, yeah, the, the movie is. First of all, I don't know why it's called Gentlemen from Preferred Blondes because that really doesn't have anything to do with the story. The story of these two showgirl American showgirls who are getting on a boat to go do shows in Europe and. Marilyn's character, Lorelai Lee, um, she is the money-obsessed girly who loves all things sparkly. She's kind of, uh, you know, airheaded, ditzy girl. Um, and her bestie, Dorothy. Um, and Dorothy is the girl who um, tragically doesn't care about money, only cares about, um, you know, like looks i guess um, to, to quote the music man the sadder but wiser girl correct um and they're very different but they like it's funny like dorothy does kind of razz her a little bit but it's always like with love and like you never feel like she's condescending to her um and so lorelei does have a fiance gus who is wealthy He's nervous about the girlies going on this boat because as they're getting on, an entire Olympic team is also getting on. <laughs> we don't know what kind of Olympic team, but it's the Olympic team. Um, and there are all these hot young men who are like, hubba hubba. Um, and similar. And what I love about this movie is like the girls are also like, hubba hubba. Fuck yeah, I want to be in a boat with all these hot guys. <laughs> and so... Gus is like, okay, well, fuck this. I'm sending a spy on the boat to make sure that Lorelai does not fuck around. Yeah, that she stays faithful. The spy, unbeknownst to Dorothy, they fall in love on the boat. Um, on the boat, Lorelai gets really involved with this man who has diamond mines. He's like an old crusty dude who does have a wife and... um yeah, it's just shenanigans ensue, and by the end of it, you know, uh, everything is resolved. Everything's fine. Everyone had a great time on the boat. Uh, <laughs> it's just like the, the jokes are a mile a minute on this thing. Um, it looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, I, and, and and Marilyn fucking just the, the characterization of the self. And of Lorelai is just so perfect. Um, this is the blueprint. Yeah. Period. Dorothy, did you ever hear of a rich Paul Walter? Maybe not, but who cares? I like a man who can run faster than I can. I hate to think where you'll wind up. You're wasting all your time on unrefined persons without any money. Honey, did it ever occur to you that some people just don't care about money? Please don't be silly. We're talking serious. You don't want to end up with a loveless marriage, do you? Me? Loveless? That's right. Because of a girl spending all of her time worrying about the money she doesn't have, how is she going to have any time for being in love? I want you to find happiness and stop having fun. 
is there anything more iconic than the diamonds are girl's best friend i mean people are people curb from that for everything i mean the fucking harley quinn movie yeah curbed for you know that's it's it just is you're right it's moulin rouge like it's everything everything madonna's material girl like the yeah yeah. um that is a great pick and i'm glad you picked it and i'm purposely tanking the poll this week because i i have said in the past on the show one of the things i like doing is when i see something that's really impressive i like highlighting it and so while I do think she's really great in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, I think she's very good in, in How to Marry a Millionaire. I think she's fantastic in Some Like It Hot. And actually, somebody recently told me that she's not that good in it. And I think I politely agreed so I wouldn't have to talk to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do not feel that way. But my five-star review is going to be 1952's Don't Bother to Knock. Um, it is... You know, it's not, she's not doing the four quadrant Marilyn Monroe. She's not doing the musical numbers. She's not doing the, she's doing this really inward looking, sad, scared woman mm. who is not in full control of her own faculties. Um, clearly experiencing uh, or having an experience that nobody else is experiencing as well. I mentioned earlier that she she's a woman who has just recently come out of being institutionalized um they don't really give you a, a a big psychiatric explanation whether you know exhaustion depression um or if it is something deeper like schizophrenia uh she's clearly living her own fantasy she's babysitting this young girl in this hotel she invites a man in she thinks he's somebody else you know this darkness ensues she ties up this kid at one point um and but you really understand that there's an innocence here that she's not fully in control of. I it's just a really fascinating performance. I can't help but armchair psychology it and be like, what bit of this was her thinking about her own mother? Yeah, and and having to deal with those own demons. Uh, it's so fascinating she's so beautiful black and white i'm shocked i did not pick a technicolor film because i think she looks so good in technicolor but yeah really fantastic i did put the funniest clip up on our instagram um because <laughs> oh Anne yeah, yeah 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 i saw that yeah <laughs> don't make the me second sing. female lead and she's the hotel singer she's the entertainment but she's like going through it and then like <laughs> has to just pick up her microphone and sing well i guess <laughs> Yeah. Um but uh it's it's a very good movie. Like I said, I you know, I finished this movie and thought like this is a picture. I lo- know, I so. love that. I love like a a not often seen a little rough uh, um a deep cut for yeah. maybe people who know some of her bigger movies and um can discover something something new. I I'll have to check it out. You're just like my folks. You want me put away again? Talk sense. It wasn't their fault. They didn't send you to that institution. The doctors did. You're trying to keep Philip and me apart. Everybody bothers us. We're never alone for five minutes. You're like them. Call it a sin to be with a man, even even to go to a picture show or a soda. I can't even see him without sneaking out. Wait a minute. Nobody's going to come between Philip and me. Maybe not the most sensitive portrayal of mental illness because it is 1952, but it's right. trying for something and it's very empathetic for, towards the situation she's in, even though the film really wants you to believe that she's capable of doing some kind of awful stuff. Right. Throwing girlies out of the windows. Um, Attempted. Yeah. Obviously, we've said the big hits, 
that, you know, really, I mean, the Misfits is perhaps the only other thing that yes. I would say that is like not like the other girls, um, maybe closer to Don't Bother Knock, where it's just kind of a, a very emotional performance. It's so funny, too, because The Misfits is really a big outlier in terms of the types of roles that she plays, but still manages to get the the sort of like like the vulgar screen persona, as you will, during the scene in which she's doing like the paddle ball in the bar. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, of course, like you right. had to get it in. I mean, and her like body is just on full display while she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing that truly sort of defined her as an as an actor. She, you know, the thing that she was on screen was female. Like yeah. that's 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 the that's all she was really allowed to do. Right. Um, you know, it, it. There's so much you could say about all of that stuff. It's it's all really. There's everybody's written a theory book about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, let's do our mixed reviews review. Our joint one-star review, we both agreed that 1956's bus stop is pretty gutter. Yes, um, my five-star review was 1953's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And my five-star review was 1952's Don't Bother to Knock. I love Don't Bother to Knock is such a tantalizing title for a movie that's not about that. Like, it's like, ooh, Don't Bother to Knock. Don't you dare bother to knock. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's get into our fast forward. We talked a little bit about her legacy, and I think it's just like it really cannot be uh, yeah. understated. Um, someone said, you know, she has few rivals. Like it's Elvis and Mickey Mouse have yeah. been around like as long as you know she has, and continue to uh, that's define what... Americanness. Yeah, that's one hundred percent correct. Actually, I can't think of. There's no the and like there's no other movie stars because like Elvis isn't famous because he was a movie star. Right. Almost is famous because he's rock and roll. Like she is cinema personified, which is crazy because the reputation she's always had is that she wasn't a great actor and that, you know, that she, that she was sad and she, you know, she wasn't smart. And, um, you know, a lot of those things have obviously proven not to be true over time, but that doesn't stop the image. Right. That, that has been projected of her. AFI named her as number six on their list of 50 greatest screen legends. Um, It was 25 women, 25 men. Um, Her number six counterpart was Henry Fonda. Oh, Um, who who was number one? Who was the number one woman? The number one woman is Catherine Hepburn. Oh, okay. Acceptable. I'll I'll take it. It's funny because, you know, there, I, I think there are a lot of critics who still would say that her filmography and her contribution as an actress is insignificant really um and i just full-throatedly disagree because even though she doesn't have a billion movies like i the the cultural impact was a seismic you know yeah with just the movies that she did make you know and and she's truly truly like and perhaps we didn't stress this enough because it, it you you kind of can't talk about Marilyn Monroe without talking about the bad stuff, and that does sort of end up taking precedent. But like a comedic genius, truly yes. like like truly brilliant, could take a line and 
apply the physicality to it that it needed or twist it in some weird way. I mean, there there's that little bit in some like it hot when she's first introduced and she's like, her character's an alcoholic. Let's, let's, you know, talk about it. But like, it's presented as like, Oh, funny, whatever. And she's like, I can give up drinking at any time. It's just that I don't want to. Right. And like, it's such a throwaway thing, but the, the way that she does it, it's fascinating. Nobody else could do that. Yeah, she she really was just a master of using that sex, using that charisma, um, and in, injecting it into like everything she did. Um, she was a woman in complete control of herself, and I think that's what where the tension was. She knew exactly what she needed to do, and she was just like, "Why the fuck are these men telling me right. how I have to?" to do these things there's a point where that becomes exhausting which is not me saying like you know and then you end up taking your life but like there there is a a point where it's like what do i have to do to prove to you people i know what's best for me right and i think like the beyond all the conspiracies beyond all of the conjecture and stuff it's she was driven to self-medicate and yeah. and and that along with the men who were um like i can't imagine i think about this often when someone who is in mental crisis and who and and someone who as beautiful and successful as this person is but who is in crisis and is coming to anybody for support or help and all they can think of is like, well, what if we fuck? Yeah. Like, what kind of person are you to see someone who is, you know, popping pills and drunk all the time and be like, you know what this person needs? They just need me to fuck them. Like, that is psychotic fucking behavior. Um, so fucking selfish. And like you said, if she she needed friends, she needed a good friend. And yeah. unfortunately... It doesn't sound like she had a lot of female friends and all the men it certainly that she had, does not. Yeah, yeah. And all the men she had in her life were perhaps more interested in just having sex with her. So it's not just that the okay fame will go by. You know, so long. I, I, I've had you, fame. If it goes by, I told you it was fickle. <laughs> well, I hope we got something here. <laughs> But she would always shrug it off and go, do it with a laugh. You know, she was always the public persona was always going to be Teehee Marilyn sex bomb. Um, but like it, no one was curious about this woman. They thought she had just like kind of fucking arrived fully formed and was here for their pleasure. Right. Um, it, it was it's 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 so interesting seeing her movies. And, and it was such a unique um experience watching these movies for the last two weeks because her public persona and her acting characters like it was clear that hollywood and the powers that be wanted one thing from her um and because she was so fucking good at it a lot of these movies are really joyous a -hmm. lot of them are a beautiful reflection of you know the acting her acting is a beautiful reflection of, I think, of who she was inside, regardless of how underwritten some of these roles are or how, like, voyeuristic the camera is and the male gaze that are on it. Like, 
she was a light and it's hard to take that away from knowing how it ended yeah yeah i i i totally agree like the the movies that we really gravitate to it's just her fucking turning the charm up to 11 and and she's singing she's dancing she's acting she's like you know doing and looking fucking snatched for the gods like the outfits the costumes you know even in the in in the small things like monkey business which is like a nothing burger of a movie like she is still this kind of like has this gravitational pull yeah she is the sun yeah like and and um who knows what she could have done if you know she had lived my god like the, the things that this woman had to endure you know yeah. And she was still able to deliver uh, some of the most iconic performances of all time on film. Like, that's fucking legend, you know? And, you know, it, for, no, no one can take that away from her. And luckily, we have these movies to, you know, enjoy for the rest of time. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. And that's what people should focus on. Yeah. Um, sorry, Andrew Dominic. Um <laughs> I still have not seen that movie. I'm not going to watch Blonde. Um, no, no interest. I, no, I'm not yeah. going to watch Blonde. So sorry, sweeties. <laughs> I think that wraps up Marilyn Monroe. It has been a wonderful, crazy year. We're going to be come back in 2023 with our wrap up of 2022. Thank you all for listening so much. Yes. We really, really appreciate you. Um, if you want to contact us, you can always find us on Twitter at, at the mixed reviews while Twitter lasts. <laughs> We're also on Facebook, just write the mixed reviews. If you want to email us, you can write us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our past episodes, you can find us on a plethora of podcast apps. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Audible, Amazon. And starting this week, our back catalog has been uploaded to YouTube audio only. Uh, so you would still have to go to our Patreon if you want to see the videos, starting with the Robert Zemeckis episode. We're doing video casts. Co- go to our Patreon, join us there. But yeah, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you can do that now, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, and um, it's probably too late to get your stocking stuffers, but there is merch available at Redbubble. Just type in the mixed views. We're there. Uh, we have a lot of fun, gay, filmy things there. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe more merch in 2023. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, like Gavin said, thank you guys so much. It's been a lovely year. I feel like we've done a lot this year, Gavin, both with yeah. the show, without the show. Like So are... much. It, it is. Uh, 2022 has been very, very busy. But honestly, I'm looking forward to a busy 2023. All right. Pop off, mama. Um, <laughs> thank you guys. And we will see you next year. I want to be loved by you, just you, nobody else but you. I want to be loved by you, the diddly 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 dum, boop boop be doop.